the the uh, uh, question. Um, I also think that it's really important that we be setting about the task of moving children to appropriate places. We're not hiding anything. We do want to be sure that um, the the story is told transparently, but, but we're also in a situation of urgent need for children and need to move children, and that has to take first priority. That's Roberta Jack- Jacobson, not Jackson, Jacobson. And she's the White House response coordinator for the border, and she's lying. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We are not hiding anything. Of course you are. We've proven this repeatedly when it comes to to the border. We have proven it repeatedly based on your own words. Everybody everybody is aware. This is the Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas being asked questions by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee about what's the situation. It is not a policy of putting children in cages, which we had to suffer for year after year on the Trump administration. There are no children in cages. So I would simply ask this. Uh, I applaud the utilization of FEMA and I applaud the utilization of a policy. Can you succinctly say what that policy is as it relates to the border and your policy for moving children who are now moving to temporary sites like Midland uh, and Dallas Uh, to a process where they can seek asylum and or uh, go to their custodial uh, representative in this country. Mr. Secretary. Congresswoman, the border is secure and the border is not open. We are. Can we stop? That's That's not real. I want it to be real, but it's not real. But let's take a step back and go through something that Representative Sheila Jackson Lee said. It's not a policy of putting children in cages. We are putting kids in cages. What's what? Look, I never would have said this before, but when the political left and the media apparatchik changed the language and said, oh, no, 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 because the Biden administration said it's not cages, they're reception centers. You Orwellian psychopaths, we see you, it's a cage. You said it was a cage under Donald Trump, and you had already lied to us by saying that it never happened under Barack Obama when it was clearly the same system. Now it's a new system? Believing you is an extremely difficult thing to do. So if Representative Sheila Jackson Lee wants to claim that kids aren't being put in cages, she's more than welcome to. She's just not telling the truth. Neither, by the way is the secretary. We are expelling under the CDC's public health authority in light of the pandemic, single individuals who arrive at the border. We are expelling families under that same public health authority, uh, uh, limited only uh, by the capacity of Mexico to receive them. And we are not expelling. If you're expelling people and your limit is whether or not somebody else will take them, you're not really expelling them, are you? I have uh, jokingly yet seriously made the argument that I don't ever want to hear that a nation won't take people back. We have airplanes and parachutes. 
Don't ever tell me that a nation can't take people back. And producer Ari is yelling and screaming, Tony, you can't say that. I am engaging a theory. And the theory is is that other nations don't get to tell us they won't take people back. Screw you. And so what I do is I put forth that here's how I send the people back. You figure it out. Now, I'd rather put them on a bus. I'm more than willing to send them via Uber. But of course you're taking them back. Because we're not keeping people who have COVID. However, we've already accepted people who have COVID. As we heard uh, Governor Greg Abbott explain, the governor of Texas, there are people coming over who are sick. We don't know where they're going. We don't know who's taking care of them. We don't know who's paying for any level of treatment. There were 108 people who were uh, put on buses who had COVID. We don't necessarily know where they went. Talk about your super spreader event. But does he really think he can sell us on this? Go to their custodial uh, representative in this country. Mr. Secretary? Congresswoman, the border is secure and the border is not open. That's why you've had to tell people don't come because the border is not open. But it is overflowing. Do you see how that manipulation doesn't solve our problem? To tell uh, Representative Jackson Lee that the border is secure and the border is not open does not change the fact that the border is overflowing. So why shouldn't we say so? Why shouldn't we notice that there is a problem? And why shouldn't we notice that the problem is caused solely and exclusively by the Biden administration? And the problem is so serious and so severe The problem is so serious and so severe at the border. Just so just so we understand each other. That they won't allow the people who serve there, they won't allow them to talk to the press. The members of Border Patrol aren't allowed to speak to the press about what's happening and what's going on. But they're being totally transparent and letting us know everything that's happening. Sure. No, no. I absolutely positively believe uh, the Biden administration. (laughs) Oh, how could you not? This brings us to the U.S. military. Because the second problem we have, a large, large problem, and we saw this when we saw the military going after Tucker Carlson. You can disagree with anything Tucker Carlson from Fox News has said. Fine by me. I'm not going to tell you that you have to like everything the man says or agree with everything the man says. I'm not going to say that at all. I'm going to say that when he discusses whether the military is up to the challenge, it is not for the military to claim that our diversity is our strength and how dare he. That's weird. It is weird and problematic that you would go down that road. That the military would be utilized by the delegate, the representative from Guam, 
because Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't realize that Guam was a U.S. territory, called it a foreign land. So what does this representative do, this delegate? Takes the National Guard members from Guam and marches them past her office. That's creepy AF. That's insane. That's not what the military does. Were we or were we not upset that Donald Trump used the military so he could engage some 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 photo ops there at the church? Remember that? Uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa's protesting and, 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 and there's Trump. He's there at the church that they tried to set on fire and he's got the Bible in his hand. He's taking the photo op and there's the military. Oh, uh, members of the military apologize for that. Now we're taking them. Leaving them at the Capitol to eat raw beef or, or beef with metal shards in it and certainly not have a place to sleep. And never mind who gets to take a shower. Uh, right. This isn't a war situation. This is the U.S. Capitol, my dear people. And then we take members and we march them in front of a member's office. We take members of the National Guard. And we march them in front of a congresswoman's office. We've lost our minds. Turns out that the U.S. military has put out a tweet, this from the U.S. Army. Extremism can tear apart cohesive teams. Colonel Timothy Holman is the Army's chief diversity officer, and his aim is clear, to do what he can to help open a path for future Army leaders and make the force as diverse as the nation it defends. I find myself in a strange and odd and awkward position to have to look at the U.S. Army and ask them what the hell they're thinking. This frightens me. I don't want the Army to have a chief diversity officer. I believe the Army looks at the body in front of them and gets that body ready for war, for defending the nation, for doing what is necessary. Some gruesome work, some dirty work, some tiring work, some painful work, work that will leave you in blood and in tears, yet you wake up the next morning and do it again because the call of your nation is so great. Honestly, I don't give a good holy damn where you're from. I don't care how your mother raised you or didn't. I don't care about the money in your trust fund or lack thereof. I don't care if you went to college and I don't care if you were the valedictorian. I don't care about that second grade project that won first place. It's meaningless. Are you prepared to stay on the wall is the only question. Should black people be in the military? Absolutely. This is not a debate. Should women be in the military? I have no problem with this whatsoever. Although I will admit, I have an issue with front lines. I have a theory. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Should the military be taking a look at people and saying, hmm, we don't have enough Asians in this brigade. We don't have enough black people uh, in, 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 in this unit. And we don't have... The Army doesn't need a chief diversity officer. The Army needs Americans, men and women, who are ready to stand the wall. That's it. Tony, you never served in the military. What makes you say that? It's a civilian-run military. Can I help you? You a member of the military who thinks I can't speak on this subject? 833, got Tony. Let's go. Not only will I speak about this subject, I will speak about this subject with great clarity that the military is not a tool for social engineering. It's not. 
Should the military be paying for transgender surgeries? Absolutely, positively not. Do I have an issue with transgender people uh, serving the military? Absolutely not. The military has shown this. When the, when the conversation came up, I asked one question. Does it interfere with unit cohesion? Meaning, is the unit compromised because someone is transgender in the unit? And I have never heard anybody tell me yes. Now, sure, that's anecdotal. Maybe there's a study out there. But in the anecdotal, which is all I could do, I've heard more people tell me that women in the unit more messes up the unit than does anyone who's transgender. I don't need and I don't want a chief diversity officer in the Army. I also don't want them on college campuses or at high schools because what they teach is a whole bunch of bigotry. I want the military not to be bothered by people like Tucker Carlson. I want the military to stand strong. I want them to be exactly what it is they are. Badasses who do the work that a lot of Americans simply don't have what it takes to do. And that's why you get our respect. You act like this, what respect should be given. Did you think that it was just always and forever? No, it's based on a contract. It's based on a social contract, on a deal. And right now, you're breaking the deal. Right now, the military is getting used as a prop. And I'd like for it to be used to deal with the enemy. This is a subject that's not going away. And I'm certainly not backing down. I'm Tony Katz. So it's time to open schools. Wall Street Journal report on Florida is kind of uh, showing that. Twitchy had a really good uh, breakdown here. Tony Katz, great to be with you. TonyKatz.com. Subscribe to the podcast there at TonyKatz.com. Uh, the Florida schools reopened without becoming COVID-19 super spreaders. In the seven months since, Florida schools have avoided major outbreaks of COVID-19 and maintained cases lower than those in the wider community. Now, there's a question as to, you know, what would cause this? And certainly the idea that why were teachers unions so freaked out when this is the, the result? This is a reason to get back open. I put forth to you that the idea that people are unwilling to do things to protect their fellow man aren't actually the case. That certainly there are people who are selfish. We see it every single day, right? We've seen it in all sorts of ways. We see these people who are, well, only in it for themselves, unwilling to do the work, right? We see the, the level of jerk they are in an airport, things, things like that, things of that nature. But we also see that people, by and large, said, okay, a mask. Do I believe that a mask is, is, is really a, 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 a great, great way of preventing COVID? Not really. I think that we've shown that the mask stops the flu. <laughs> and that washing your hands certainly helps. 
but that COVID can still affect somebody with a mask. That seems pretty obvious to me based on the data. Do I think it was wrong to say, hey, wear a mask? Well, no. Do I think it's wrong that people who are sick wear a mask? Absolutely not. I think that's going to become an adopted practice in the United States, and that's not a bad thing. The people who are like, eh, it's all about freedom. Look, freedom is you not being mandated to do anything. Right? On this, we agree. But a sick person wearing a mask makes great sense. They are protecting themselves from me, and they're protecting me from them. It is healthy people being required to wear a mask that is so criminally insane. Then, of course, there's the idea of the efficacy altogether. But when people know they're going to be around other people, they don't mind doing things to help the other people. There is, by and large, a respect and a love for their fellow man. So why would we be surprised that this happened? COVID rates for staff in Florida, just over half the rate seen in the general population. 15 per 100,000 in schools versus 27 per 100,000. In Charleston, South Carolina, 70% of students have returned to in-person learning with low case rates in September, December of last year. And by the way, those kids who have to wear masks all day, man, I feel for them in a way that is irrational. Because wearing a mask all day sucks. But it is absolutely past time to get back to normal. It is past time to get our lives on track. And the people who are opposed to it, they have to be left behind. There's no place for them here. There is no place for them in our lives. So let's move them out. And if they're elected officials, it's easier because at least you can vote those people out. Sometimes they're your in-laws. That's kind of hard to do. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Get the podcast, TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz today. Uh, I've never played Grand Theft Auto. What? I've never played Grand Theft Auto. In your life? In my life. I've never played Grand Theft Auto. That's a Auto. big cultural thing. Like, you... Yeah, yeah. I've also never beat up a hooker in, in, uh, in real life well, either. No one has. It's, it's the... It's, it's the Are video you equating game. the two things? No, I'm just saying it's something you can do in Grand Theft Auto is you can beat up a hooker. Yeah, you can do a lot of things there. That's the point. It's a sandbox. Right? Yeah, you can do a lot of things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. One of the things that has happened um, is that there, I guess there was a problem with the game. The loading times. Right? There was one of the issue, the load times, as as producer Ari mentioned, seriously difficult, right? How long does it get... Does it take for you to be, have the game up so you can play it? So one of the uh, players got exhausted by this uh, and, well, fixed it. Hacked in. So, ha- yeah, yeah, right? They Which hacked is crazy. In. But the cool part is what happened next. So they hack in and they're like, all right, I'm able to, to, to figure this out. And it's a whole bunch of jargon that is more complicated than I can do decreased the load time of the game by 70% with 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 this hack. So uh, the developer of, of Grand Theft Auto Online, which is Rockstar, is like, 
this is cool. It said, here's 10 grand. Have a nice day. That's, that's, so they could have said, that's a federal crime. You hacked into our system. But instead they said, thank you, which I love. It's, it's the way to do things. Now, I, I will argue that there is something to be said for people who hack in to things. Malicious. But uh, maliciously. And you could still make the argument that by hacking in, you have the opportunity to steal source code and do sorts of things. And who knows what comes next. But this goes under the headline of most people are not scumbags. They just want to make it better and they have the way to do it. There are smart people out there. This is the statement that Rockstar put out. After a thorough investigation, we confirm that we can confirm that the player who is uh, Toast T O S T did in fact reveal an aspect of the game code related to load times for the PC version of Grand Theft Auto Online that could be improved. As a result of these investigations, we have made some changes that will be implemented in a forthcoming title update. People want to help. People want to be a part of solutions. They want to be a part of the team. Let them. Let them. Now, I think that one of the things that could be learned here, whether it be from, from Grand Theft Auto or, or, or uh, uh, name, name the business, when you know there's an issue, don't pretend there's not an issue, say so. We know we have an issue with this. We're not quite sure what to do. If you've got an idea, we're listening. People want to help. And it is, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a really important, important life lesson. And when you, when you, when you take a look at where people get, get stuck in their most primal diseased view, and we often see this in the politics, you see just the opposite. We tend to focus on those things. We were talking about what happened in Atlanta, eight people shot and killed. And six of the eight women are Asian. It happened at three different uh, kind of like day spas. And they found uh, the guy. And what does the guy say? These places are immoral. And these places are are disgusting. And and they they we we, we can't have this. And and they 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 created th this this in me. I mean that's a that's pretty messed up stuff. Right, some person, um, not you know, saying that you know no no one will love me or no one will have sex with me. He claims to have had a sex addiction, and that's why he went about these shootings because these places uh, they had to be stopped. They were a temptation that he wanted to eliminate. Some people are like that. Pretty ugly, if you ask me. Pretty horrific. But the narrative was desperate because these were Asian women to make this about race. As we said, when, when, this, when this whole day started, this news was just breaking. We wanted to make sure we, we, we shared it, right? I wanted to make sure I had it for you and said, I don't know. I'm going to wait for more information and I'm still going to wait for more information because the story can change, although this data comes from the police in Georgia. There's a guy by the name of Judd Legum. L-E-G-U-N. Maybe it's Legum. Right? Um, he is a, a leftist's leftist. The guy who just murdered six women says it wasn't racially motivated, but maybe we should not just take his word for it. This brings us to Jennifer Rubin, 
who is uh, not a conservative over at the Washington Post, just as we do not take racist excuse that they are not saying racist things. Look, I cannot tell you whether or not this was wholly and solely and completely based on these women being Asian. I cannot tell you if this shooter knew where he was going and knew who he was looking for. That's what an investigation is going to tell us. Atlanta Police Chief Rodney Bryant speaking to ABC News on whether the shootings at three spas that left multiple people dead was a hate crime. Quote, we are still early in this investigation, so we cannot make that determination at this moment. We have a statement from the suspect. We have a early investigation reality check from the police, but it doesn't stop the woke folk from demanding it be about the thing that they want it to be. Now, it may very well be about the thing that they're discussing. There's no win in claiming something isn't something that is, right? There's no claim, there's no win in saying, well, this has nothing to do with race if it had something to do with race. But the desire to make it so, so quickly, that is evil. That is a, no, not evil. Evil's not the right word, Tony. That is a fetish. That is the opposite of wanting to be a part of something. Or, or, or is it? Do these people want to be part of the woke folk that, that see the problem everywhere and how dare anybody think it's anything else? I don't think these are people who want to gauge uplift. They want to engage in destruction. They want to what? Tell the police that if they don't see it their way, well, then they're wrong. The police are doing the investigation. If they don't see it as straight up bigotry and racism, they're, 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 they're what? They're evil too? I am not in a rush to get to the answer here. What I want is the answer. What I know is these people didn't deserve to die. I know this for fact. This goes without saying. I, these people did nothing, nothing wrong. Zero. But the push, the rush, the desire, totally unhelpful. Totally unnecessary. Uh, interesting piece from Jim Garrity uh, today uh, o- over at National Review. He's talking about uh, his policy on um, Afghanistan, right? And he's talking to George Stephanopoulos about it. It's part of this interview uh, that's going on about whether or not we're going to continue to keep troops in um, troops in Afghanistan. Maybe they'll leave by May 1st, maybe not. Biden's saying that whatever goes wrong, it's Trump's fault. So Stephanopoulos asks, uh, President Trump reached a deal with the Taliban to have all American troops leave by May 1st. Are they going to leave? And Biden says, I'm in the process of making that decision now as to when they'll leave. And he says, that was not a very solidly negotiated deal that the president, the former president worked out. And so we're in consultation with our allies as well as the government. And that decision is going to be, it's in process now. And George Stephanopoulos asks, May 1st is tough. And Biden says it could happen, but it it's tough because 
And then Biden being perfectly Biden goes, look, one of the drawbacks, George, and it's going to be like Sanskrit to people listening here, but it is the failure to have an orderly transition from the Trump presidency to my presidency, which usually takes place from election day to the time you're sworn in, has cost me time and consequences. That's Joe Biden walking back the idea he was ready from day one. Oh, we didn't have the same transfer of power right with all the pomp and circumstance so therefore i'm not ready to deal with afghanistan as if he just discovered it on a map and said hey jen Psaki, look there's a place called afghanistan did you know that that's crazy i thought it was an urban myth like a chupacabra or a golem he's not ready day one right he's not it's i don't know why it's going to be like sanskrit You blame Trump because as we have discussed, this is the system. Blame Trump for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. The border, blame Trump. Afghanistan, blame Trump. Uh, China, blame Trump. North Korea, which by the way, uh, the Biden team is trying to reach out to North Korea and North Korea has given them the cold shoulder. And then the sister threatened uh, Biden, threatened the United States. Did you hear that story? The sister of Kim Jong-un threatened the United States. I thought this was, I thought this was just nuts. If it, meaning the United States, if it wants to sleep in peace for the coming four years, it had better refrain from causing a stink at its first step. Uh, You've got uh, Blinken, who's the Secretary of State, and you've got Lloyd Austin, the Defense Secretary, in Asia. They're doing things in Japan. I think it was South Korea as well. And you've got threats from the North Korean, from the sisters, from the sister of Kim Jong-un. I'd say a, a couple of bombing raids isn't the worst idea, just for the threat. I think we should put four or five destroyers off the coast and just see what happens. Just start pressing buttons. It's like a practice. Now, unfortunately, that would involve a lot of North Koreans who didn't do anything wrong, who live in the holy hell that is uh, this, this dictatorship. So maybe just send out some messages that you might want to get a Pyongyang and see what happens. Just a reminder... We're not, you might be able to poison your, your, your half-brother or whatever it is you do. Some nerve agent here or there. I think we're a little tougher. Maybe we can't take on China, although I think we can. We just have to be willing to. But sure as hell, we could take on you. Threaten us. Listen, we know Joe Biden's a wackadoo, but he's ours. And while I disagree with him on policy, as long as one of those policies we can agree on is to kick your ass... I'm cool. I'm Tony Katz. Uh, It's not broken, and it doesn't need to be fixed. Uh, Our Democratic friends use the filibuster frequently in the last... uh Yeah, well, just because you don't think it needs to be fixed, Senator McConnell, doesn't mean that they're not going to try and fix it. Isn't that right, Senator Chuck Schumer? Senator McConnell is always looking for a diversion. He knows how popular ARP is. He knows he and his whole caucus opposed it. 
and that the American people, even Republicans, we just surveyed in New York State, 55 percent of Republicans are for the ARP now that it's passed. So he's always looking for a diversion. As for uh, the issue, we Democrats, all of us, believe we need big, bold change. As I've said before, we hope our Republican colleagues will work with us to produce that change. We will try to get them to work with us. But if not, we will put our heads together and figure out how to go, and everything is on the table. Everything means getting rid of the filibuster. Everything means budget reconciliation, right? With budget reconciliation, you don't need the 60 votes of cloture to get cloture to then vote on uh, the bill. You just need uh, 51 or 50 in the tiebreaker from the vice president, Kamala Harris. Work with us means do what we tell you to do. Remember, no progressive has any desire for any level of compromise. They believe what they believe, and they believe you should suffer for it. And they are extremely good at the manipulation of Republicans when they have the power. No, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the other. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at, and that's where the conversation is regarding uh, where, where is the conservative and where is the populist. Because the populist says, well, if they're going to go scorched earth, let's go scorched earth first. That's exactly what they say. Meanwhile, President uh, Trump uh, saying that, look, I have no problem with vaccines, telling Maria, Bar- Maria Bartiromo on Fox News. So, so, Mr. President, I know that you received the vaccine. Mrs. Trump also got the vaccine. Would you recommend to our audience that they get the vaccine then? I would. I would recommend it. And I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it. And a lot of those people voted for me, frankly. But, you know, I, again, we have our freedoms and we have to uh, live by that. And I agree with that also. It, it, it's, it's his answer. It's, it's right. These people did support me. I understand they can choose not to, but I like the vaccine. I thought that was an honest and clear answer. I, I didn't think there was anything peculiar about it as well. It wasn't as great as his answer on how does he feel about Meghan Markle. That's good. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, yes, they do. Mr. President, I'm glad you came on to talk about all of the success that you had uh, in your term, because it certainly was significant. Uh, as we uh, wrap up here, Mr. President, what, what was your take on Meghan Markle uh, now saying she uh, meeting with Democrat operatives? She may want to run for president. Well, I hope that happens, because uh, if that happened, then I'd be, I think I'd have a, an even stronger feeling toward running. I'm not a fan of hers. Uh, I think that what she talks about, the royal family and the queen, I happen to think I know the queen, as you know. I've met with the queen, and I think the queen yes. is a tremendous person, and I'm not a fan of Meghan. Mr. President. For the record, I just want to say right now, if Meghan Markle runs for president, I'm running for president. Please don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Meghan Markle, what makes her th- what makes her think that she has any reason to consider such a thing well, out loud? Why would I need to? Because because ju- just to prove the point that she can't be allowed to just do this willy nilly. No 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 no. You cannot marry into a royal family, then spurn the royal family, and then decide you are American royalty and get to run for president. She invited Oprah and George Clooney to her wedding. She didn't know them. That's. Weird. That's a celebrity thing. That's weird. That's somebody who wants it just a little too much. Yeah. Just a wee bit. (laughs) 
Follow on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Subscribe or follow whatever they say uh, to do. Be sure to do that. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.